Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zerah Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. We have said many times that our God is a God of order. And it's only when we submit to His instruction that we'll find His order in our life, and that's a necessity if we want God's presence, His blessings, His greater revelation to us so that we can position ourselves where we can serve Him victoriously. So the question that we need to begin with is a simple one. Maybe difficult to answer, but easy to understand. And that's this. Do I want to be used by God for his victory? Is that going to be a source of joy, gladness, and happiness for me? When I am used by him for his purposes, I simply become his vessel oftentimes a broken and inadequate vessel, but in his hand, all things become possible. So do you want God's order? Do you want his power? Do you want his will in your life and to be brought about through your life in submissiveness to him? See, a lot of people don't want to suffer. They don't want to experience eternal damnation and condemnation and separation from God and torment, but they're really not committed to his ways, his purposes. And this is simply trying to exploit the grace of God and God will not be exploited. He knows the true heart of an individual. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Joshua and chapter 13. Now, we have seen for several weeks victory. In fact, for a few months, we've seen that there's been conflict, but Israel has been triumphant. And the only reason for that is because God has led them to victory. And it's been one man, Yahushua, that has been taught, discipled by Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, in order that he might lead the people successfully. What does that mean? that he led them in obedience to the revelation of God. So look with me to this chapter, Joshua chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. There has been victory, and now God's doing something. He is going to divide the land. Now, in this 13th chapter, and God willing, we're going to do all of this chapter, even though it's a rather long one. We are going to concentrate. We are going to move rapidly and blessing, hopefully through the blessing of God, we will get through all the verses. But let me just simply say to you that this 13th chapter deals with the land on the east side of the Jordan River. And we've learned from the book of Deuteronomy. We've also learned in this book of Joshua that 
that land is going to be settled and inhabited it has in the past and this is god's allowance to the people we find that the tribe of reuben the tribe of god and the half tribe of manasseh they requested from god that they would be able to dwell in this eastern side of the jordan river and as we talked about last week yes god agreed with one stipulation and these people they were willing and agreed to that stipulation and they fought in order that the people their brethren would also inherit their land on the western side of the jordan river but here in this chapter this week we're only dealing with these three tribes literally two and a half tribes again reuben god and the half tribe of manasseh and notice what god says at the beginning now years have passed and still the land is not fully conquered but nevertheless it is going to be distributed by god to the tribes look if you would to verse 1 joshua 13 beginning in verse 1 we read Hoshua zaken which means joshua literally and joshua and then we have the word elder and this case we find that it's speaking about him having many years that he has become an older individual here an elder but it has to do with him being old and we see as we read on it says and has come has come upon him in other words literally he has come into days and days is in the plural because abundant days have passed now some bibles take liberties instead of saying he has come into days referring to old age it says that that he is with many years but it doesn't say that literally the word days appears here so joshua he's old he has come into many days and notice what the lord says to him vayomer hashem elav and the lord said unto him you have become old and you have come into days the same thing it's a recognition of the reality and therefore he's giving joshua an assignment in order to bring about god's order among the people yes joshua has been an effective leader in battle leading the people to obey god in order to conquer the land but now they need to inhabit the land there's a difference you may win the battle you may win the war but you have to settle and take position and live in that land if you're going to maintain it and this is what this chapter is about but again only for these three literally two and a half tribes that we're going to focus in on in chapter 13. notice what it says at the end of verse verse one where it says and the land which remains is is very much for taking possession for inheritance so joshua's old but there still remains harbei me'od very much of the land that has not been inhabited has not been taken possession of 
and this is how this chapter opens up now look if you would to verse 2 where it says this is the land that remains so god's going to be specific now i realize that many of these places we're not familiar with their names if we are it's only because we've encountered some of them last week and at other times reading in the scripture but many of these places are not entirely known where they are but nevertheless this is truth it is historical these were locations and god is being specific and let me just pause here for a moment and share with you this biblical truth our god is a highly specific god and that should cause us to take very seriously his instructions that we do all of his word god is not a god of simply the big pictures now the reason why i say that is this not too long ago i was speaking and i was dealing with some some issues that we needed to look at very carefully and one of the responses that i received from someone was this can't we just focus in on the big things i mean we receive the gospel we believe in him the death burial and resurrection we're recipients of the holy spirit and he'll lead us and let's not go into the 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 finer points this is difficult this may not be interesting to some and we'll lose them well my response to this gentleman was this let's say that someone needs heart surgery will you want a doctor that just focuses in on the big picture or would you want a doctor who who goes into very specific detail and knows everything about the heart now the answer is obvious and we need to have respect for the word of god and we need to pay attention to all of what the word of god reveals god would not have revealed it if we didn't need it now look again at verse 2 this is the land that remains all of the territories of the philistines now the philistines and the reason why they're mentioned first here in my opinion is that they were a people that wanted to thwart the will of god first and foremost they were enemies of the kingdom the kingdom that began with shaul and then was passed to david the son of yeshai or jesse they wanted to stop the kingdom from taking place and we know as well there are going to be those in the last days those from the descendants of asav that is esau and we're speaking about the edomites which have a spiritual connection to the the palestinians and to the philistines interesting word connection we won't go into that now but there's going to be those in the last days who are opposed to the kingdom and what's it going to be over the land so important that we understand this god of order this god of covenant this god of promise what is foundational is the land and if we say such incorrect statements as god isn't interested in real estate and even though jerusalem was important in the past it has no prophetic significance in the last days there are people who are called good bible teachers 
that don't see any significance in the land and this is simply heresy this shows that someone is not truly able to evaluate bible teaching if they discount the importance of the land look again at verse 2 he says and this is the land that remains all the territories of the philistines and and all the Gisharites. now this is another people that we're going to speak of and we have spoken of them more previously and we're going to speak of them again they are individuals that as well are problematic for the children of israel they are bent against the will of god where yaakov was bent and this is what his name relates to how he was bent how he was pursuing how he changed course in order to pursue the things of god these individuals the philistines and in the last days the palestinians and the gishurites in that time period in the days of of yahushua they were bent against the will of god and it says this is the land that remains we're continuing on look at verse 3 from shehor which is on the banks literally which is before mitzrayim which is egypt so it borders up it is before in front of egypt unto the border of of ekron and we're talking about northern ekron and egypt would be on the south ekron would be more of the northern part of this territory of the philistines and the gershites it says this was thought of considered to be part of the canaanites this people this land it all had to do with the land that god had had given by covenant to the the sons of jacob or the 12 tribes of israel so all of this is what's being said here this is land that's considered to be part of the covenantal promise and then keep reading in in verse 3 the second part the five and some will say the five uh, lords but it's literally a word that's maybe better translated with the word tyrant so the five tyrants of the philistines and we're going to name these five tyrants and their locations we see aza that's gaza and then we see ashdod where where i'm speaking to you from right now and also Ashkelon, which is just south of me a little bit. And also uh, Giti, which is Gat, which is just a little bit east of me. And then finally, Ekron, which is a little bit north of me. All of these five places, and we also have, keep reading, look at the end of verse 3. Also, the Avits. Now, the Avites, however you say that in Hebrew, it's simply the term Avim. Im is plural so this people from av the avites we might say in english they are part of the problem but they are not part of the philistines but they dwell in that general area that's being mentioned here now we go again towards the south look at verse four and from the word is teman this is yemen in modern hebrew but it's just simply the word teman is additional word for the south so we're just speaking in the south all of the land of the canaanites 
and also Me'ara, which can be a cave or some have said it's also a name of a specific location, maybe the places where there's many caves or simply this is the name, which in this area belongs to the Sidonim, unto all the way to Afeka, unto the border of the Amorites. Now, this is a large portion of land. And what we're being told here is that this has not been conquered. The enemy is still there, despite what we learned last week in chapter 12, where Joshua led a victory over 31, previously Moses, two others, and we'll mention those, Sichon and Og, in the eastern side of the Jordan River that Moses defeated. And now Joshua defeated 31 additional kings to bring the total to, as we talked about last week, to 33. But here, despite this great victory, much land has not been conquered. Look now to verse 5. And the land of the Givelites and all of Lebanon, so we're moving northward again, from the setting or i should say from the rising of the sun that is the east from Baal god underneath mount hermon so here if you know your geography when we're speaking about lebanon we're closer to the mediterranean coast and we've moved towards the east all in the northern portion of the land of israel in the lebanon area we see that it moves over towards the Golan Heights and the chief mountain in the Golan Heights is of course what's mentioned here and that is the mountain called Hermon unto the entrance of what place? To the coming of Hamat and today Hamat, we call it Hamat Gader, it is a known place not far from this Mount Hermon so even though some of the places are not known many are and we can know enough of them to have the general area of what we're speaking of and again god wants the children of israel to inhabit all hear that all of the promised land that's what's being emphasized now verse six and all the ones who dwell in the mountainous area from the Lebanon, meaning the Lebanon mountains, unto Misrafot Maim, which is the brook called Misrafot. We talked about that last week. And all, all the land that belongs to the Sidonim, that is the ones from Sidon. And he says, I, now God makes it very personal. He says, I'm going to deal with them. He says, I am going to possess them before the children of Israel, meaning I'm going to deal with them myself as a way of blessing Israel and showing his commitment to his covenantal obligations. He says only, this is for Joshua, what he's being told, only, and this is where to cause to fall. And we're dealing with the the allotment of the land and therefore the allotment that falls to israel based upon the inheritance just as i've commanded you so he says you i'm doing part of it but you make sure what falls to each of the tribes of israel 
that it is given to them that they go and possess and take this land and dwell according to the order of god look now to verse verse 7 and now divide the land this land in the inheritance to who very specifically to the nine tribes and the half tribe of manasseh so in verse 7 he's saying what this is about and i've already mentioned it to you what we're studying in chapter 13 is the land that remains and specifically that god wants the tribe of reuben the tribe of god and the half tribe of manasseh those tribes to to possess so it's very important that we see that here he's talking about after that look again at verse 8 he says in in this passage literally verse 7 and now divide the land this land and the inheritance to what the nine and a half tribes including the half tribe of manasseh now notice we're emphasizing the two and a half in our study today but later on in the weeks to come we are definitely going to be dealing with all the tribes those remaining nine and a half tribes now wait a second we need to be specific because there's another tribe that is spoken of and that is and we're going to see this mentioned twice today and that is the tribe of levites now you say well wait nine and a half and two and a half is 12 that's true but we have an additional tribe and that is manasseh that's not part of the original 12. manasseh is one of the sons from joseph so this is additional so when we add that additional one to the 12 which includes the levites we get 13. and some of the things that the hasidic rabbis teach is 13 is reference here with these 12 plus the levites and 13 speaks about the 12 tribes and one god unity it's a good number but let's press on look now to as i said verse 8 and with him meaning with him who's the him that half tribe of manasseh what chapter 13 and verse 7 concluded with at the end of verse 7 with him with that half tribe of manasseh also the reubenites and also the gadites they are going to take the possession their possession and it says which moses has given to them where they ever hired misracha on the eastern side that that eastern bank of the jordan river on the other side very important that we see that designation just as look at the end of verse verse 8 just as moses the servant of the lord has given to them what's an important word just as exactly specifically our god is a specific god so again even though we've had what's called in hebrew a remez a hint to the additional tribes in this 13th chapter the emphasis is upon these two and a half Reuven, God, and the half tribe of Manasseh. Yes, the Levites are going to be mentioned, but as we're going to be told twice, 
they have no inheritance of the land why we'll get to that in a moment verse 9 now what's the land that's going to be relevant for those two and a half tribes well it says from Aroer, which is on the banks of the river are known and the city which is in the midst of the the river now this is the city that that rules over that river that's connected to it in other words and it says at the end of verse 9 and all the plain the plain of medva unto Dibon. now again most of these places we don't know specifically where they are but we know from the general terminology where they are generally located and this is the land that these two and a half tribes are inheriting verse verse 10 and all the cities of sihon the king of the amorites which ruled in heshbon now over and over there's an emphasis on sihon and his counterpart the other king which is known as og and they were mighty they were related to a a giant connection what i mean by that some had a connection to the giants and they were seen as a a very very powerful enemy but moses under god's leadership god's power god's direction moses was victorious with the children of israel over them and that victory is so frequently mentioned in the scripture because of how great it was so it says look again at verse 10 and all the cities of sihon the king of the amorites which ruled in heshbon unto the border of the children of ammon the ammonites and it says and verse 11 gilead and the border of the gisharites and also the maachatites and all the mountain of hermon and all of bashan unto we mentioned this last week the town called salka so all of this is being given for the inheritance on the east side of the jordan river verse 12 and all the kingdoms and here's this second king that's mentioned of great significance and all the kingdoms of og in bashan which he ruled in Ashtarot, and also in ed Rei. and it says here that he was a a remainder one who survived from the remnant of the rephaim the rephaim some would say that this is that giant connection that the rephaim just like we talked about two weeks ago the anakim the word anak is giant anakim giants and some say this word rephaim refers to that same concept of a giant others see it differently and simply translate it as Raphaim, not knowing perhaps the full understanding of this word but what did moses do look carefully at verse 12 moses struck them that is to strike them with a death blow and he inherited them and there did not remain uh of of the children of israel it says the geshurites and the malachites so what it says here 
that there did not remain meaning when i get this right the children of israel did not possess they did not inherit of those two groups of people those who are the the uh Gesherites and the Ma'alchatites. they didn't inherit that they didn't take possession of their land we've already learned that earlier it says that Geshur and Ma'achat dwelt in the midst of Israel even until this day. So it did not, they did not, they remained. They did not take possession. The children of Israel did not take possession of them. Now, verse 14. Only the tribe of Levite. So the Levites. was not given an inheritance why because the fire offering of the lord the god of israel is his inheritance meaning his inheritance was to serve in the temple and worship god in a very unique way and all of this it's not new revelation look at what it says kasher de berlo just as the lord spoke to him they knew from long ago they were not going to be given an inheritance of the land verse 15. now we're dealing with the distribution and we're going to begin with reuven then god and then that half tribe of manasseh verse 15. and moses gave to the tribe of the children of reuven according to their families so it's just not one man but the tribe and all of their families they divided the land among each family verse 16 and it came about to them that their border what was their border from Aroer, which is on the banks of the river are known and the city which is in the midst of the river and all the plains concerning medvah so this is what the children of reuven received also keep reading there's more verse 17 and cheshbon and all of its city now cheshbon was a larger geographical area that consisted of many cities so we see here that reuven received cheshbon and all of its cities which were in the plain and it's going to name them Dibon and Vamot Baal and Bet Baal Meon. Also, look now to verse 18. Yatsa and Kedemot and Mefaat. Verse 19. And Kiryatayim and Sivma, Seret and Shachar. And also, the mountainous area that belonged to the valley. So there's a valley and the mountainous area around this location. Verse 20. And the house of Peor, Ashdot, and Pisgah, and the house of Yeshimot. So all of these places, now some of these words only appear here. They're very obscure, but nevertheless, God is pinpointing where these tribes are to inhabit the tribe of reuven now in a moment also the tribe of god but let's complete 
verse 21 and all the cities of the plain and all the kingdoms of who everything that was ruled over by Sichon, the king of the Amorites, which ruled where in Heshbon. So we see here that he ruled in this area. And we know his palace was at a different location. We talked about that in a moment. But we see here, or in a few moments ago, but we see here that he ruled over Heshbon. This is what's important to understand. Now, continue on. Second part of verse 21. Who Moses struck, and it means struck him down, and his princes, the princes of Midian, also av and rechem and sur and hur and reva all the princes of sehon that were dwelling in the land meaning the land that he ruled over verse 22 also it gets more and bilam the son of beor we remember him from the book of numbers this false prophet god spoke to him but he was not faithful and what was he really well even though he was called to be a prophet it says here that he was a sorcerer and and the children of israel killed him with the sword among all of their meaning all of these people in that area among all of their dead bodies so too did bilam fall dead verse 23 and it came about that the border of the children of Reuben was the Jordan and, and its bank. This is the inheritance for the children of Reuben according to their families, the cities and also their courtyards. Now, some will say their villages, but it's the word katser. And what it speaks about perhaps is courtyards referring to the places where there was governmental administration. So their cities and also their, their places of administration. Now look at verse 24. Now we're going to deal with that second tribe, God. Verse 24. And Moses gave to the tribe of God and the children of God according to their families. Verse 25. And it came about to them that their border was what? What well, says it came about to them the border of of Yazer, all of the cities of Gilad, and half of the land of the children of Ammon, the Ammonites, unto Aroer. This was another border of Reuben, so they they butted up against one another, which is before Rabbah, verse twenty six. And from Heshbon, again, it butted up to Heshbon, unto Ramat Ha-Mitzpeh. This is a high area of land, and also Betonim, and from Machanaim, unto the border of Devir, another known location. Verse 27. In the valley of the house of Haram, and the house of Nimrah, and Sukkot and Saphon, and we see the remaining parts of the kingdom of Sichon and the king of Heshbon, and it says the Jordan 
and its bank, meaning the Jordan was its border as well, unto the end of where? Unto the end of the Yam Kinneret, which is the Sea of Galilee, which is on the east side. So it goes up to the Sea of Galilee, but on the east side of that, that Jordan River, if you know, the Jordan River enters into the Sea of Galilee, and it also exits it exits the sea of galilee all of this is being told so that we know the borders of this group of people the the gadites the children of the tribe of god this look at verse 28 this is the inheritance of the children of god according to their families the cities and once again their courtyards now again some say their villages their towns but it's a word of administration. Sometimes it has to do with judgment. It's where, where the rulers were, were located. Verse 29. Now, we just have a few verses left, and now we're going to deal with that half-tribe of Manasseh. And we read here, And Moses gave to the half-tribe of Manasseh, and it came about, to the half-tribe of Manasseh, the children of Manasseh, he gave according to their family. So exactly the same thing. Whether we're speaking of Reuben, God, or Manasseh, this half-tribe, we see that he gave according to their families. Verse 30. And it came about their border was from Machanaim, and all of Bashan, this is also a significant area, a large area. All of Bashan and all the kingdoms of who? The second king, the first one was Sihon, mighty. But also as mighty the second king where it says, all the kingdoms of Og, the king of Bashan, and all of, of his towns, the towns of Yair, I want to get that right, all of the towns of Yair, which were in Bashan. And how many belonged to Yair? We see that there was 60 cities. So a very significant area of land. Don't think simply because the amount of scripture is smaller that, that they are inheriting less of the land. They received a very important amount of the land that was on the east side of the Jordan River verse 31 they also received half of Gilead and Ashtarot and Edrai the cities of the kingdoms of Og and Bashan and to the sons of Makir the son of Manasseh another prominent family member within that tribe it says to the half of the sons of Machir, according to their families. These were what Moses caused them to inherit. And what was that? Look again at verse 32. These are which Moses caused to inherit. What was that? The desert plains of Moab on the side of Jericho, on the side of the Jordan, east of Jericho. Very important that we understand that. On the side of Jericho, and it says east of Jericho, on the side of the Jordan, I want to get this right, 
the side of the Jordan east of Jericho so now we've come from the Golan Heights and come down quite a distance where we're at the Jordan River and in the eastern part of the Jordan River near Jericho last verse verse 33 this is the second time we're told concerning the tribe of the Levites and to the tribe of the Levites Moses did not give an inheritance the Lord the God of Israel he and this is emphatic he is their inheritance just as he spoke to them now let me conclude by saying indeed God is a God of order he has taken all of this area what we think of as partly related to the Golan Heights Bashan also we see the the plains attached to these areas up on the mountains also the valleys going down to Hamat mentioned there all the way through the Jordan Valley but east of the Jordan River going all the way down to where going all the way down to Jericho so today from the north of Israel on the east side all the way parallel to where Jerusalem is so they inherited a great portion of land now what some of you may not know is this for the most part this land is not possessed by Israel today if we speak about the Golan Heights it is so much of Bashan is possessed but but the Kinneret or the Sea of Galilee we see that it's below the Golan Heights and we see that that when you get to the end of the Sea of Galilee where the Jordan River comes out soon thereafter the Jordan River becomes the border and now that land belongs to Jordan is that God's will it is not is it going to remain that way it will not God is going to bring about a change and we see that prophetically so let's affirm the order of God let's affirm the inheritance that God gave the Jewish people and realize today does not reflect the will of God therefore change is coming God is going to bring about his order to his people and we'll see in the weeks to come how God is going to divide up that land on the west side of the Jordan River what is for the most part thought of Israel today biblically according to the covenantal promises of God the land of Israel is going to get much much larger is the world expecting that it is not and too much of Christianity isn't concerned with it this is shameful we are going to see that God is faithful to his covenantal promises and you should be concerned about that because you have new covenant promises so if God forgets ignores does not fulfill his old covenant promises why should you believe that he's going to fulfill his new covenant promises the good news is this he fulfills all of his promises he does not lie it doesn't matter what non-believers or weak believers think God is faithful he is a God that is specific and he fulfills every detail well I'll close with that until next time may God bless you 
Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.